Well, we're glad you guys are all here this morning. And uh, there's a lot of things going on at Harvest Bible Church, but we just, you know, praise God that we're just endeavoring to do our best to get the word of God out, getting our best to keep people to finish their course. Amen? And if you're here for the very first time, well, welcome. Welcome. We're just glad that you're here. And if you're watching for the first time, well, welcome. So glad that you tuned in with us. So praise the Lord for that. If you're here, uh, there's a connect card right there in the seat pockets in front of you that uh, if you'd be so kind as to fill that out, let us know how you heard about us, all that kind of good stuff, and, and drop it into the offering buckets as it goes by there. That would be a real blessing because we just love to get connected with you. Praise God. We just want to touch it and reach as many people as we can with the love of Jesus. Amen? Because we found out truth, and truth is too good to keep to ourselves. We've got to give it away. Amen? And uh, so we want to build each, each other up. We want to build up the body of Christ with the Word of God and get you strong, get you to finish. Amen? Hallelujah. And we want to honor God in everything that we do. Hey, well, we're going to worship God with our tithes and with our offerings. So if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you've got it all set up for your online and your text and those things there, you can and do that. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. We are just believing God, exercising our faith. There's a lot of things we want to do, a lot of things we need to get accomplished. You know, God's been so good to us. He really has. He's been so good to us. And uh, he's blessed us with our whole facilities, and we're going that route, and we're trying to, you know, getting to make sure we can have a, uh, build a building at the end of this building down here that we were calling the gymnasium, but really it's a building that will house everything for uh, a lot of other stuff that's going on too. But also, uh, you know, not only that building, we want to build another building over here that's a 2,000 square foot building so that we can actually have storage Oh, man, what a premium. How to quit paying for storage. Hallelujah. I could dare say probably everyone in this room, if you've been living long, you've got, got storage or your garage is full. And uh, things that we just don't need, but we have to have. I, you know, and uh, I'm trying to figure this out. Why, why do, but you know, it's, we, we're going to use that. We're going to use that. We're going to use that. So, so we need to do that. We've got a piece, you know, part of the property over here. We want to, uh, it's just right now collecting trash and, and bushes and weeds. And so we want to level that out there and build a 2,000 square foot uh, um, building there so that we can actually have that for storage and then also be able to work out of here and stuff. So it's going to be a blessing. And we're still believing God for our roof. So there's all kinds of things we get to do. You know, we had a wonderful board meeting and we kind of figured it out that we we're going to spend about $350,000 here in the next time. I said, well, goo-hoo, this is exciting. I like this. Hallelujah. So, so God's good. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So we just thank you for your continued giving and you guys are so awesome. So let's pray over this offering. Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing grace. You are so wonderful. Lord, we bring our tithes, we bring our offerings, we worship you with our giving. Lord, thank you for you open the windows of heaven. You always meet and supply every need that we have. You are such an amazing God. So Lord, meet and supply the need of every person that's here. Each one that is just sowing and giving, Father, by faith, you're gonna cause increase to come into their lives. Lord, we honor you for that and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. And amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's re- receive the... Carl, go ahead. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And you're not going to see anybody walk out here because Leticia's out of town. And so I get to give the announcements here. And uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. The very first one is, is that this coming Friday night 
at 7 o'clock. We're, actually, we're having a movie night. We're going to be showing the, uh, the Time Changer, which is a very unique movie. And so uh, you, you need to come because it's, it's going to go with kind of a lot what I'm going to be teaching on and preaching on, actually this morning. So it starts at 7. We're having nachos with, you know, chicken and uh, beef and all kinds. Of, it's all, they're all getting all that stuff and putting it all together. So it's going to be good. We're going to have a lot of fun. So bring your lawn chair. Bring something that's comfortable that you like to sit in because uh, these chairs that we have, you know, the folding white ones there, nah. Get, bring your camping chairs, okay? So it's all good there. So anyways, that's it. Also, this coming Saturday is uh, the men's breakfast. It's October 1st, okay? And uh, so uh, 8 o'clock, we're going to be coming, gathering together, being blessed as we always do. So we want to invite all of you guys to show up and be blessed in that. Amen? Also, on this coming Sunday that's coming up, because we had a lot of people may have got a little bit of a miscue that a lot of people thought that we started at 1030 this Sunday. said, no, it's the, the October 2nd, uh, like I said, is our 28th year anniversary, but it's also the first Sunday that we are going to be starting uh, School of the Bible, as we call it. Uh, we've got 80 people signed up for School of the Bible. That's pretty cool for adults, you know, that's not counting kids or anything, and so the reason we grabbed a hold of this curriculum was because we found out, especially for high school and junior high, that kids start to doubt the things of the Word of God. And they start to doubt that no way could Noah get all those animals in the boat, you know, and uh, no way, uh, you know, some things taking place and how can God create the earth in, in six literal days, things like that. And, and what happens is, and that's what, the, that's what the world is trying to do, the world's trying to get you to doubt uh, what you believe. And so we found out that it's, when they did a big survey to all the college kids, they said, oh no, I started doubting when I was in junior high and high school. I didn't think, I thought my parents were not cool and not, didn't know what they were talking about then. And I, you know, I was trying to figure out all these things in my own head. And like I tell everybody, aren't you glad God's bigger than your head? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we want to teach and train, but we want to get the truth. And whether or not, all we can do is bring the truth. All we can do is bring the word of God and if people want to eat it, if they want to have it, Praise the Lord. Amen? But that's what we're doing. That's why we're going to do this as a whole church-wide so that we get on the same page. Amen? Now, it's not a matter when you talk about whether you believe Noah did that or whether you believe God created the earth in six days. It really doesn't affect your salvation, but guess what it affects? It affects your authority. It affects your confidence. It affects your ability to have dominion. Thank you for your overwhelming response, but it does. It does. If you can't believe the word of God as being the word of God, what happens is, is that, uh, then how do you believe John 3, 16? Okay, how do you believe that, that you're going to be, you know, these things here? If, you know, if, if any part of the Bible is false, then uh, we can get all messed up. We also know it's a history book too, but still, it's the word of God. God compiled it, amen? And we believe that, so it changes us. It makes good things there. So anyways, I want you to get ready for all that and get ready. Also, one of the things on the, on the political side of things is this coming Tuesday, there's a board of supervisors meeting here in San Joaquin County that, uh, and I'm not sure what time they meet. What time do they? Nine o'clock in the morning? Okay, well, for those of you that you know, are not working. You can't, they, they need a lot of people to go there because it's a huge thing that's going to be taking place about uh, vote and making sure that we have a right vote, that we don't have uh, a lot of goofiness that we had before. And why is that so important? Because you know what? We can throw up our hands 
and get all like, well, who cares? No, we've got to make sure. We've got to hold people accountable in things, okay? So we're just, and at least you can go there if you do it and they don't do it. At least you can complain. But you can't gripe and complain if you don't do nothing. You know, that's like, that's like you know, eating a really good meal and cursing a farmer. Listen, you wouldn't have that without the farmers. You know, milk doesn't come from the grocery store. Tomatoes and all that stuff doesn't come from the grocery store. It comes from a field somewhere. Amen? Hallelujah. So uh, that's Tuesday, uh, September 27th. And so it's just important things that we need to, to take hold of. That's why we're involved. That's why we're getting involved with things. And, uh, you know, praise the Lord for that. Amen? I think junior high can be dismissed. This is the last time for junior high. Well, not the last time. We never know about that. But it is for junior high to go. They're going to have doing some things. They're going to be doing their school of the Bible too and all that stuff and teaching the word of God. So if you're junior high, you can take off with Mr. Cameron there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's got a nice small class today. You're good. They're all, they're all gearing up for next week, I guess. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody doing good? Hallelujah. Amen. Me too. You know, Wednesday night, I, I was sharing and preaching about the integrity of the Word of God. And, uh, but then I started talking about some things at the end. And I shared about, you know, the devil, you know, he, he hit me with a great blow, you know, in 2015. But then I also said something about that if he did that again, you know, it would be like some no big deal. I, I want to retract that. It would be a really big deal. Okay, I mean, I, I love my wife very, very much, and uh, it would actually hurt a whole lot more now than even it did then, only because she'll always be the miracle that God gave to actually bring life back into me. I mean, and that uh, was such a joy, and God did that supernaturally, and, you know, I, I would, you know, never, because I listened to it again, I always listen to it again to see if I, I never finish sentences, I never do, it's like... It's terrible. It's a wonder you guys even get anything. God bless you. But I listen to them all the time, and I critique myself and go, oh, my gosh. I, didn't even, I wanted to go here. I wanted to go there. Gosh, you, what's wrong with you? So anyways, but I wanted to correct that because that's, that's totally not true. And I also wanted to think sometimes, you know, because I'm going to be talking about resist. How do we resist it? You know, people tell you things on how to resist the devil or how to walk in love. Every time you got to walk in love, say, well, how do I do that? You just walk in love. Just do it. But my feelings say slap. The spirit of slap is on me. It just comes. And I think they deserve it. And, uh, you know, and so how do we do that? I think that's one of the things that we have to do. And that's what this whole series is going to be about. But um, so if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4. But I'm going to share some things because... It's vitally important that we understand we have to stand as the body of Christ. We're the only sanity in the world today. Okay? And, um, you know, as, as we look at things and as we understand uh, God's purpose and plan. How many of you know God's got a plan? How many of you know God's got this? Hallelujah, man. That's the only thing I can, I, I can just say, Lord... I know you got it. I don't know what you got, but you got it. But I know you're going to help us. I know that you're going to do this. You're going to bring us through. Because you said all things work together for the good, that those that love you and who are called according to your purpose, I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. I'm doing what I know to do. So I, I'm believing you're going to make all things work out for the good. 
And when you can't, you're going to take us out of here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we're going to keep focusing, keep moving forward. And we're going to learn how to resist compromise. That's the number one thing that the Lord spoke to Marty. He says, you can't. You've got to fight against compromise. Because then he showed me over any, any, any you know, he had me order a book by Rick Renner. And he said, I want you to order this book. And I said, Lord, I, I have his other one here. And it's, it's a thousand pages and it's this big. And I've went through it and, I, and it's really good, but wow. He said, I want you to order this one. So I ordered this one and it's 800 pages. But it's, you know, it's, and it's got, and, 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 and I've read two or 300 pages of it, you know, so far. And, uh, but uh, it's about no compromise. And it's about the church of, Pergamon uh, in, uh, in Revelations chapter 2, and we're going to share a little bit about that this morning, but uh, he's brilliant and I'm not, so thank God he's a Greek scholar and I'm not, but I'm going to share some things here because, believe it or not, man, do we have an incredible amount of, uh, of connectivity with that particular church in our state in what we're going through. As, as he brought out some things. And I'll share that with you. But here, let's read James 4, verse uh, 6 through 8. He said, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Amen. But gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Amen. He said, listen, God resists the proud. Aren't you, you, know, you don't want to come across like, oh, I'm somebody. You want to know always that I am who I am in Christ. But also, he said, hey, but we got to resist it. But first of all, we got to submit to God. It's easy to resist the devil if you're submitted to God because God's the one that fights your battles for you. And he enables you to, actually, and he tells you what to do. He gives you the word of God. He gives you, it is written. Amen. I want you to go over to Revelations, though, chapter 2, if you would, with me. And I want to read some things. I'm going to read it out of, out of the New Living Translation. And then I want to share some things about it. And the reason I'm still laying all these fountains, but I want to get you to understand that it's, it's, we cannot be complacent and we cannot compromise. That's why we have to take a stand. That's why we took a stand in 2020 to say, no, no, we're the church. This isn't right. They've always got all these things they want to keep redoing. This isn't, no, no, we're the church. We've got to stand our ground. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and one of the things that as, as we see things, one of the things I learned a long time ago that, uh, and I say a long time ago because I, I listened to older men of God and I remember uh, uh, you know, studying, I love church history. The devil doesn't have anything new. He just likes to recycle things. And he keeps recycling things until we kind of think this must be true. Because he keeps recycling stuff and he tries to deceive. And he's always in the art of deception. But he tries to bring up new things to just deceive people. And of course, a lot of things that were happening in the first century, believe it or not, are, man, they're, they're starting to happen right now with us again. And uh, the funny thing about it, in the first century, they called it paganism. Now see, well, well I'm not a pagan. No, no, I'm not a barbaric. I'm not pagan. <laughs> but see, uh, now, <laughs> well, we call it a whole lot of different things. But it's still paganism. It's still an abomination to God. 
And uh, I'm going to be nice right there. We'll get into that when, when you all still show up. All right, look at Revelations chapter 2. Hallelujah. And um, <laughs> uh, amen, right? <laughs> Glory to God. God is good. Look at verse 12. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation just because I, I think it, it gives it a little bit more easier for us to understand it. He said, write this letter to the angel of the church at Pergamum. This is the message from the one with the two-edged sword. I know that you live in a city where Satan has his throne. Don't you just feel like sometimes we live in a state? And so there's some other things, but praise God, we're still winning. Satan has his throne. Yet you have remained loyal to me. Amen. You refused to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you in Satan's city. But I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. And in a similar way, you, ha you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. Uh, repent of your sin or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. Amen. And I will give to each one a white stone and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Amen. Now, there is a ton in here, but one of the things that I, I, I wanted to bring, bring out, and the reason I did is because right here, and this is what he says. I'm going to read what Rick said. It's so cool. He said, the church of Pergamum lived under a political shadow of the Roman proconsul and experienced political pressures that resulted in a deadly persecution. You know, we live in an amazing time that, and we live in an amazing state that, you know, hey, 2035, you're not going to have, you're going to have to have electric cars. I'm not sure that that's a great thing or not a great thing, but I don't think it's a good thing, okay? It eliminates, you know, all that stuff that goes on. We all know about our wonderful electricity. It can go, I live up in the foothills, can go out anytime, any second, or anytime they want to, you know? And uh, I have a gasoline-powered generators that keep my electricity on. Amen? So, uh, and I always will. <laughs> Why do I share this with you? Because let me read to you what these seven churches, and you can kind of see these things is what the enemy endeavors to do and what the persecution they were going through and what we can get to. But we have to stand strong. And here it is. We're not going out and, and blasting people. We got the love of God. Amen? Our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Did you know that? You know, we're not fighting against this. Our warfare is against the enemy. It's a spirit. We've got to fight against the spirit of the age. We've got to fight against uh, uh, just getting complacent and say, well, what's the use? Well, the use is, is that we're the light. We're the salt. The use is, is that we've got to be ready to give an answer to every man, the reason of the hope that's within us. How many of you know that we're the only hope? How many of you know Jesus really is the only? Do you really believe this? See, because as we look to the word of God, but let me just read, the church at, the, at Ephesus was this. It was a hardworking church, but they lost their first love. They lost their 
intimacy with God. They lost their excitement. They lost their love for the lost. They lost their love for the word of God. They were doing good. They were blessed. But Jesus said, hey, you got to still stir up the gifts of God in you. Isn't it amazing that Jesus left the throne of God to come down and walk among the churches and find out what they were doing? And these are churches in our dispensation, in us. How many know Jesus is walking around the church checking you out? He's here. He's inspecting the troops. He's expecting what's going on. What can I do? And I can't help it if he comes and messes with me, so I got to mess with you. Okay, that's, that's how it works. Did you notice that Jesus came down to the angels at the churches here? He came down to the, and those, that word angels and messengers. So he came down to the pastors. He always works with authority. He always works from the top down. He doesn't get out of things. He doesn't go around and give it to somebody else to tell somebody else. You know, we, we think he does because we think we know everything. Amen. But God always works in order. He's a good God. The church at Smyrna is this. They face severe poverty and tribulation, making it very difficult for them to survive in their community. Now, that's where I came from. I came from a, very, a place that, that meant poverty was, it was, you know, because I was in the inner city. And for 13 and a half years, being there and stuff, it was just a challenge. Finances were just a huge challenge of everything. Amen. It really was. And yet, we paid off our building, remodeled our building, redid everything, and God God's, God's did everything he could do, but it was an incredible challenge. We have a church of 600 people and take up an, an offering, and the offering would be like $2,000. <laughs> you say, whoa, that's nothing. It isn't. It was like, and that was a big one. And yet, our gas bills were $6,000 a month. And our electric bill was $2,000 a month. It never made a sense. And we said, well, you need to make a budget. I said, you can't make a budget. You make a budget, you will die. <laughs> you got to walk by faith. You got to believe God. You just got to exercise your faith and believe that God's going to make. I said, well, how did it all work out? I don't know. To this day, I still don't know. Amen. That's why I've always had a secretary that handles all that stuff. I just believe God. Amen. But God did it. But you had to, and you had to do it. And thank God, you just follow fierce love and you see the hand of God. You see things going on. We talked about Pergamon. You know that? The church at Thyatira said this. It's, it had done many good works and had been influenced uh, by a lot of, as he said, damnable doctrines that jeopardized the longevity of their existence in ministry. And the problem is, is that they were really into doing things, but they were into letting everything else go too. Then he said to the church at Sardis, he says, this was the, they were very smug about its reputation and uh, support role, but was actually in danger of dying spiritually. We look really good on the outside. We look really good and everything else, but inside we're not ugly. We're ugly. Amen. We want it to be more spiritual, get the things of hand of God on them. Of course, the church of Philadelphia, they got, they'd been given an open door. He, the church of Philadelphia, he didn't, he didn't yell at them. Amen. He just said, you know, uh, you got an open door to minister through. And, and they were, and, and believe it or not, they're the only church that's still there. There's still a remnant in that part of the world. All the other ones are gone. They did last for about 1,300 years, thank God. But, uh, uh, you know, that, that's the only one that's still there. Thank God for the love of God. Amen. And then, of course, then everybody's heard about the church of Laodicea. <laughs> then the lukewarm bunch. 
you know, that was, you know, they were spiritually tepid and lukewarm, and uh, their attitude toward the things of God was, eh, we can take it or leave it. You know, God's a part of our life. He just isn't our life. And you say, why do you share that? Because we need to understand how to get connected so we don't become the same downfall that they did. I mean, Jesus came and inspected. I believe Jesus is still coming. He's still telling us, hey, you've got to study and you can't come. Now's not a time to draw back. Now's not a time to draw back. We're going to get the promises of God. We have got to take hold. We've got to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches and in our generation of what he's doing. Amen? And we knew that. You know, we drew a line in the sand in 2020, of May of 2020, and said, listen, we are going to do what God says do, no matter what, no matter what the government says, no matter what anybody else says. And we're not being rebellious. We're just going to follow God. And we're going to follow God. Now, thank God we don't have it as near as bad as what they did in the first century because they were getting killed. Here in this, this church here in Pergamum, I mean, they had political things going on. And this guy, he decided that he wanted to be emperor of Rome because he wanted to be better than Caesar and Nero and all them. And so he was killing everybody. You know, and so the whole Roman Empire, and they only hated two set of people. They hated the Jews and they hated Christians. And so for the first 300 years of Christianity, uh, Christians were, were outlaws, Christians were criminals, and Christians could be used as human torches, Christians could be killed. So they said, we're going to get back to that? I went, no, not quite that bad. But you are going to get persecuted. You're also going to get talked about, well, you're one of those, because you're not going to be inclusive. In them. And do you know why? It wasn't because they couldn't stay in their own little bunch and worship. It was because the pagans said, you still got to come out and, and offer sacrifice to our gods. You still got to do all the other things that are out here. You still got to get mingled with the world. How many of you know when you get mingled with the world, it messes you all up? Amen? John chapter 1 and verse 5 says this. It says, and the light shined in darkness, but the darkness simply, you know, it could not comprehend it. I like the, the way uh, the Greek says it like this. It says, and the light shined in darkness, but the darkness simply didn't have the ability to overcome it. It didn't have the ability to take it down. It didn't have the ability to subdue it, or it didn't have the ability to, to dominate. See, our light shines. We're going to win. How do you know the devil figured out that he can't stop the church? It took him a long time to figure that out. But he finally figured it out. Hey, I got to be like Balaam. What does it mean to be like Balaam? Well, Balak, I don't know if you know the story of Balaam and Balak. Balak said, listen, I want you to curse Israel. You got to curse them so I can defeat them. Balaam said, listen, I can't curse whom God has blessed. He said, he said well, I'll give you this. He said, no, no, just can't do it. Then finally, Balaam said, listen, I'm going to give you all of this. And, and then Balaam goes, that's too much to turn down. He said, well, I can't. I can't curse them, but let me tell you how you defeat them. Let me tell you how you defeat them. Is you get them to mingle with you. You get them to eat of your idols food. You just make it really, look at it, oh, that's really good food. Mm, doesn't that smell good? And you get to that. And then you get all of your, 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 your women, your lady, to go over there and to mingle with them and to enter into all this stuff and to get them all messed up. And they did and defeated them. Amen. Because you remember over in Jude, Jude says, you know, there's the error of Balaam. There's the way of Cain. Amen. And there's the rebellion of Korah. I've taught on that, shared with you about those things. Those are main things. And did you notice that he talked about here for this? He says, you got to watch out for the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And isn't it amazing? What did Jesus say? I hate it. 
That's what he said. And he said, I hate it twice. He said, I told the church at Ephesus, he said, one thing you do do, you hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Here in the King James, when it gets down here and tells the, the church of Pergamon, he said, you've got some Nicolaitans, which I hate. Now, why does Jesus hate that? I mean, we need to know about that doctrine if Jesus hates it. That's a big word. That's a tough word, right? When you hate somebody, that's bad. I can get terrible. What do you mean? But Jesus said, I hate it. And that comes from, you remember in Acts chapter 6, about look ye out among you and find ye seven men uh, full of the Holy Ghost and, and, and wisdom, you know, that we can appoint over this business. And they found all these guys. And then they found the last one, which was, seven, which was Nicholas, a proselyte. He wasn't a Jew. He came over from uh, uh, another country and became in there. And so, but he was, he was full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. But he started the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He said, well, what did he do? Well, he got in there. He said, listen, it's okay. It's okay if you eat the, eat the food from idols. It's okay. You know, you said, whatever's set before you, just eat it. But if you know that's been offered unto idols, you can't. Because that's what the Bible says not to. Or if you know some things. He said, he said well, and it's okay if you know what, it's okay. It's okay if you hang out with them. Y'all are quiet in this place. See, because it's going to have to come a time when you have to say, this is what I believe. Isn't it amazing that people don't want to really know what they believe about some things? This is what I believe. You need to do your own believing and let everybody else do what they need to do, but you need to stand your ground. Amen? And he said, well, you know, it's okay. It's okay to hang out with the world. It's okay to do this. Listen, we've got to go out to the world to get them, get them saved. So yeah, we've got to hang out and, and, and reach and touch the lost. That's wonderful. But you don't got to act like them. You don't got to be like them. Amen? And you can't let them taint you. Amen? I mean, what we're seeing and what we're seeing, because here's the great word, is that we're supposed to be inclusive. You're not including everybody. You're not tolerable. You're not tolerant. I, I accept everybody. I love everybody. Love all of you so much. But I love you too much to leave you the same. And I love you too much to not tell you the truth. Hallelujah. Because we're not running a country club. And we're not. We're a church. And we're a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're a church of the living God. And the power and the presence of God. And I am believing God. I am believing God we're going to get back to the power of the early church. In the sense of there's a holiness. There's an honor. There's a reverence. So that when we come in we speak truth. Hallelujah. We let God be God in these things. I mean, it changes us. Hallelujah. We see things that are happening. You know, we see things that take place because we need the miracle working power of God like they did back then. We need that. I mean, and we need it even more now. I mean, there's this incredible pressure for compromise and complacency. Just this pressure, pressure, pressure. Because here's the thing. If I say this, guess what? There is absolute truth. You say that in schools or you say that to... They say, well, no, there isn't. Yes, there is. There is absolute truth. This is the truth. Jesus said, sanctify them with your truth. Thy word is truth. It's truth. It does never changes. Never. Amen? All kinds of things. But this never changes because if it changes, it's not truth. Amen? Hallelujah. We've got to walk as Jesus while giving an answer... 
Get let him joy. Listen, if you'll just walk happy, woohoo, people will be going, well, why are you so happy? Because I got Jesus, and Jesus is meeting all of my needs. Jesus is directing my step. Praise God. It's good. I've got to stand bold as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And I've got to lead you and direct you and share with you along those lines. Hallelujah. But I'm not going to let my faith get deterred. I'm not going to let my faith get diluted. Amen. You know, I shared, you know, when I first started about what was going to, there was a spiritual blow that came in 2015. And the reason I share that is because I had to walk through things I'd never walked through in my entire life. Do you know one of the biggest things that I had to really fight through was compromising healing? Amen. Because I'd gotten severe blows, you know. My dad died of cancer at, at the age of 53, and I prayed, and I fasted, and I did everything to, to get him well, and he died. My wife died at the age of 56, hallelujah, and I prayed, and I fasted, and I did everything I knew to do, everything, everything, and she still passed away, hallelujah, and I had, you know, you're like, well, see there, that must prove that healing's not for us, doesn't do anything, because the Bible says healing is for us. But people get, you get, boy, you get people mad at you. Like I told you, healing was one of the big things here that I almost got beat up for the first couple of years I was here. But I just kept preaching the word. But I had to take, I had to find out. I had to go before the Father. I had to take hold. And I'd say, God, we just need to talk. We need to, we need to get old. I need to get this back on the inside. I need to not compromise. I need to not just say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm just stay away from that. Because that's what the devil would want me to do so that he could take me out or he could take other people. Amen? And it can't do, it doesn't do away with it. You know? But people always say, well, how come then? I could share and tell y'all, but that's not my message today, okay? So, <laughs> amen? But I believe with all of my heart, though, we get these spiritual blows or things take place. But it's God to say, are you going to trust the word of God or what are you going to trust what you're sensing and feeling? You have to decide how you're going to come out of this. Amen? And you can either come out bitter or you can come out better. You can walk in this. Because I truly believe with all of my heart, we need the demonstration of the spirit and the power of God more now and actually on a bigger level than we've ever needed before in our lives. We need to have the fear of God. The fear of God. Do you know that nobody fears God anymore? There's no fear of God. They're not afraid. Nobody's, people aren't afraid. Of, of, when I say about that, they're, they're, they, they don't care about what God thinks about things. There's no fear of God. People speak so terribly about it. Like, who cares? Who cares about this? You know, it, it, it's crazy because what happens is, is, is like, here, I'm going to give you three questions here this morning. And the reason I'm giving this to you is because we've got to know the truth. I don't know about you. But I was blind, and now I can see. I was lost, and now I'm found. My salvation, even though I got it as a, as a, as a young boy, and, and what I've, over the years, and I am more convinced about the Lord Jesus Christ than I ever have been. I am more in love with him. I am more on fire for him. I just want, and I am more ready to die for him than I am anything else. I mean, I believe that. I believe that. They've been through, I think, but I just, I just know that he has his hand and that he's more real now than he ever has been. He is, and he's called us. Oh, man, isn't it exciting that he called you and I for this time and this hour? We've been called for this hour. Oh, I tell you, I'm excited about that. 
Hallelujah. I really am. But here's the questions that I, I've had this asked to me recently and stuff. It's like this. It's like, uh, you know, and it, it's so difficult. They say, well, I don't want to share my faith. Or I don't, but you can see people floundered, even though it seems like they're doing okay. Because one of the things is, is that, well, if what they believe is working for them, why should I bother them with my beliefs? I said, it's not working for them. They may look good on the outside, but they're empty on the inside. You know, everybody can fake it. They can try to do it, but they're empty. And here it is. We're not trying to force, but we are trying to let our light shine. Amen. Hallelujah. Next question is, who is to say that Christians are right and everybody else is wrong? You know, that's not the only way to God. Jesus is the only way. You know, I've made this statement many times, and, I, and I've had a lot of comments on this. You know, there might be many ways to Jesus, but there's only one way to God. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because a lot of people find all kinds of things that don't work. But Jesus Christ, and when I say that, I'm not saying that, oh, you can go do all these things. What I am saying is that until you find Jesus, you don't find the way. And, that, and so I said, well, you're just, you're, just, you're just dogmatic. You remember I told about sitting on a plane and people said, oh, you're one of those. And, and, and you're, you guys are narrow and you're nobody else. Listen, we are an, an, exclusive, an exclusive thing in the sense of where all of us had to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, you are somebody very special because you're a child of God. Don't let anybody tell you anything different about, oh, you're one of those Christians. You know, you are. Man, being a Christian is the greatest thing in all the world. Being a child of God is the greatest thing in all the world. I mean, I thank God for being a pastor and a minister of the gospel, being called into the ministry. But that's second to being a Christian. That's second to my relationship with my heavenly father. Man, I am so proud, so excited to be a child of God. I get eternal life. That stirs my heart. And when people come against us, oh, you're, I say, yes, I am. Glory to God. How, how much you want me to shout? How much, let's do this. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, we, we look at the thing, you know, and, uh, but here's probably the biggest one that people do. Well, isn't it possible? I mean, there's a lot of good people. Isn't it possible that there are alternative ways to God, that Christianity is just a particular way of believing? I mean, there's got to be. I mean, God, you, know, you can't just be just one way. So it gets quiet. We get off like, well, that's a great thought. Yeah, the problem is, is that that's what messes you up. And I want to take care of you. As a pastor, I want to know that I did everything I could as a shepherd to make sure that you guys make it to heaven. That when you get up there, Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant. When you get up there, he says, man, yeah, you, you were obedient. You're doing the things so that you have a reward in there. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, it, it's this whole thing of like, there's got to be. It can't be. It can't be that. But it has to be that. And we've got to stand our ground. And understand this. This is something most people don't really want to hear. You do know that Jesus said, narrow is the way to heaven and wide is the gate to hell. And we've got this great, there's going to be this great, listen, I don't know if there's going to be this great worldwide revival and we're going to see billions of people born into the kingdom of God, but I do know this much is that there's always going to be a remnant. There's always going to be us and we're going to share and we want to bring as many people as we can, but I'm not going to look and see. I just know Jesus said we need to stay steady and we need to stay faithful. Amen?
Because there's this great big trend for inclusivism. It's this great big trend, you know, uh, that uh, here we go uh, to try to get people to come together. And I wrote it down like this. You know, there's a, a trend for make, trying to get us all to be inclusive, which, believe it or not, is simply paganism with a modern twist. Because that's what they were trying to say. Listen, you can do your thing, but you've got to do our thing too. How many of you know God doesn't like to share? God's a jealous God. God said, you'll have no other God before me. <laughs> See, we say these things, but, but like I said, it gets back to the fear of God because when you find out the fear of God, things change because you want to watch what God can do in our lives. Also, you know, the, the whole thing is so strong that people are afraid to share their faith because they don't want to be labeled as intolerant. Amen. I mean, when I was talking around, when I was doing things in, in connectivity, uh, many times people would say, well, you just got to be tolerant. You just got to be tolerant. And I was like, and I'd say, well, time out. You're telling me that to be tolerant is that I have to accept, you know, what they believe as right and what I believe is wrong. Because that's what you're saying. Because I'm not being intolerant because I'm sharing this. Yeah, but you just, you know, we've got to get along. I said, the problem is what you don't understand, they don't want to get along. That spirit of the world is like, no, 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 no. You can't be over here being happy. You can't be over here being blessed and healed and whole and walking in the blessings of God while I'm over here struggling, while I'm over here, you know, frustrated. And you're like, well, you can come over here, but no, 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 no. You got to come over here. You know, not even meet halfway. You got to come over here and be like me. Isn't that what they're trying to do with everything we do in our country right now with socialism? Come on, don't, don't shout. I mean, hey, I, it's not a political sermon today. It really isn't. I'm trying to keep it here. But the whole thing about it is, is that's, but that's what the world is doing. And that's what the world was doing there. They were saying, hey, no, you have to do these things. You have to. Because the Christians said, we just don't want it. We're going to be over here. No, 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 no. You can't be over here and be blessed. That's wrong. You have to be over here and be miserable with us. And we're like, hey, you, if you, you know, I, you know, I come down to where people are like, I said, listen, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You, whatever you do with it, you do with it. And they can say, well, you're, you're judging. I said, no, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. If you want to do that, you do it. That's up to you, not me. If you, and like, you know, finally get down to, you know, when I, I pastored in the inner city, so I, I got a little crude at times. I said, listen, if you want to go to hell, go to hell. <laughs> it's okay. But I want you to go to heaven. Jesus wants you to go to heaven. He paid the price. But if you want to, fine. Just don't hang out around me. People go, oh, pastor, you being so, I mean, I sweet ladies. I love all of you ladies. Sweet ladies. Pastor, we've got to be so. I said, listen. You know, I mean, I had to grab a few kids and throw them out the church. Had to grab a few guys and throw them out the church physically and literally. And people say, Pastor, that's not walking in love. I said, it may not be walking in love to them, but it's walking in love to you. Because if I let them in here, you're not going to have your purse. <laughs> Tell you a nice little story. We had a guest speaker. We're standing there. All of a sudden, this kid bolts out, runs through there. He stole a lady's purse. I'm in, my, I'm in a suit, literally, not in jeans. I'm in a full three-piece suit here. And uh, I'm standing there with the guest speaker. Boom, he tells out the door. Boom, I go out the door. 
So I'm chasing them through the neighborhood, jumping fences. And uh, I'm a young guy. Okay, you know, I can do those things back then. And, uh, you know, I was 24 years old at the time, or 25, so I, I could do pretty good. You know, and he was probably 14 or 15, so he was moving pretty fast, too. Took me about 25 minutes through about six backyards to catch him. Brought him back, got the police involved. And the sweet little, oh, he's just a baby. We can't. I said, he not a baby. His mama's in jail, his daddy's in jail, his older brother's in jail. The family that steals together goes to jail together. Here we go. Let's work this out. So I said, how you know all this stuff? I'm living in the inner city. Pittsburgh's a huge city, but... There, you know, it's it is awesome, but there wasn't somebody get killed or somebody do something or something happened that somebody in my church didn't know who did it or somebody in my church did it. That's who I was dealing with, and I loved them all. It was so wonderful. The problem is, is that we get into these things and say, you mean, yeah, we have to stand strong. It's my job to protect you, and it's the usher's job to make sure of those things. My ushers were a little slow that day. <laughs> Amen? You, you know, you see, the, someone says, Pastor, you've been through some, I said, I, that's why I said I was, I was born for adversity. <laughs> I, I don't know why, God's picking on me, I guess that's what it is here, but how do we fight the spirit of the age? With truth. It's the only way you fight things is you fight it with the word of God, you have to do that. How do you, you have to do that. See, if we don't stand up for what we believe in, if we don't stand up for what the word of God says. And here's the, here's the thing. Many people, they know about the word. They know of it, but it hasn't dropped down. They haven't tasted and seen. They're like this wonderful chef who got a really good recipe, made everything. It looks real pretty, but never tasted it. We, we can tell all about all the ingredients in it, but we don't know if it's going to work. You ever had something that looked so pretty that, oh, and you, and you wanted to eat that thing, and these, oh, so, and then they gave you a big old piece, and you took a bite, and you went, oh, my God, we're all in trouble. I mean, I got cured of that. I got cured of that. I did that. I went to somebody, and, you know, pastors always got invited to people's houses, and this lady made a chocolate cake, and it was, it looked, I mean, it was under a glass dome, and it was perfect, beautiful. I mean, it had, and I just, like, oh, I mean, look how beautiful that cake is. Oh, it's so, look at that. It looks really nice, everything else. And she's like, oh, good, good. That's our dessert. So she cuts off a big old piece for me. Holy cow. That was a chocolate cake with no sugar. It wasn't so nasty. Oh, my gosh. And because I had raved about it so much, I had to eat two pieces. <laughs> never again. I've never. So she said, well, how come you're not complimenting? Uh, uh, I got to taste that sucker first. <laughs> if it's good, we want seconds. If it's not, we, we're done. <laughs> Whew, that cured me. You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you know that only God's word can bring about permanent transformation? There's a lot of good things out there, folks. It's like, let me wind this thing up as I share and as I, as I share that we need to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptation. We need to count it all joy when somebody challenges our faith. Not in, a, in, a, in an obnoxious, he says, hey, I just found the truth. You can answer in love. How many of you know a soft answer turns away wrath? But grievous words stir up anger. So we can speak the truth because this is what the word of God says. This is what God says. Hallelujah. 
you know. And, and when you do that, it changes the atmosphere because you're not going to argue. You're not going to fuss and fight. We're not there. We're not there to cast our pearls before swine. But we are there to speak the truth. And we've got to be. I believe that God's going to bring people across our path and that we'll be at the right place at the right time to let God's love shine, let God's power shine, how to let the power and the presence of God. Amen? You know, because it may be like when Smith Wigglesworth one time, there was a big commotion. There was a bunch of people around a person, and he walks in, what's going on? And this guy was just either having an epileptic fit or something was going on. Actually, it was a young, young, young boy. And so he just said, wait a And he goes in, and he prays for him. Of course, his thing is he said, you know, sickness was always of the devil. So he'd say, and, you know, tell the devil to take his hands off and come at him. And he laid hands on him, and the, and the little boy stopped, looked up at him, and he just took off running. Didn't even say thank you, didn't say nothing. You know, and uh, Wigglesworth said, well, I didn't do it for a thank you. I did it because the Lord said do it, you know. And, and uh, so we're not looking for a thank you from the world. But we are looking for them to know that we have the answers and that we can resist compromise. And you've got to know and you've got to ask yourself, you know, is this something that I need to stand my ground? Is this something that God's speaking to my heart? How do I stand and not get in this and resist compromise? And then also resisting complacency. Listen, all hope is not lost. You guys do realize we win, right? You do realize that this church, we're going to get, the Bible says the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. We're going to get brighter and brighter. The power and the presence of God's going to continue. Amen? We are not going to stop. I'm not discouraged one bit at all the things that take place. I just know, glory, that means God's going to do even greater things. God's going to move. God's going to manifest. God's going to do this. I'm like what James told us all to do. He said, listen, when troubles of any kind come, God of the New Living Translation, or come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So we're going to get to get happy. Which means there's going to be a lot of persecution. There's going to be a lot of crazy things going on. And we're going to go, Woo! didn't know it was going to be this much joy coming out. Didn't know it was going to be this much things here with tests and trials and all the things. But you know what? We are going to count it all joy. Why? Because our faith is going to get tested. And when our faith gets tested, hallelujah, patience comes. And when we let patience have our perfect work, praise God, we become entire, we come wanting nothing. God does fully good. We get fully developed and we allow him, hallelujah, to be who he needs to be in our lives. So you better get ready because you're about to, and when you get tested, you're about to be blessed. And we're about to get tested in every area of our lives. That's the one thing that you need to understand. If the enemy's going to try to come in and get really tested in, in your finances, you try to come in and test you. Do you believe, like I said, do you believe in, in the healing power of God? Because we're going to have to do that as the church. We're going to have to pray for one another and be healed and restored. Amen? It's going to come down to where, like, we're not going to seek the physicians. We're going to seek the Lord first. Amen? Now, there's nothing wrong with doctors. nothing wrong with all that kind of, I'm not saying anything. But what I am saying, it's going to come down to what we're doing. And we're going to get to see the glory and the power and the presence of God. Because that's what God wants. God wants a church that loves him. God wants a church that trusts him. Hallelujah. And God wants a church that has authority. Amen. We have authority. You have authority. Amen. We have that. We have that, and we've got to exercise that. And that's what the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, you've got to get them to understand they've got to resist fear. We've got to resist doubt. We've got to resist discouragement. Amen? 
And we can't look at something and, and, and think that it's too big for God. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing. Nothing's too big. God, God can do, and, he, and you know, praise God, he's doing miracles, and he's going to continue to do miracles supernaturally. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I've just shared, and you just brought me all over again. I, you know, I gave my notes back there to them, and there's, once again, uh, it's all over the place. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you, though, for your amazing grace and your love. Thank you for these amazing folks that are here and those that are watching. They're so precious. Father, thank you for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for your hand upon us. Lord, we love you and praise you. Thank you for helping me lead them and guide them and speak truth to them. It's my heart, such a heart, Father. I love them so much. They're so precious. These folks, they're so amazing. Lord, you know that. You know that. You've raised them up. Father, you want to add, too, because you want to draw people. You want to draw people by the Spirit of God. Your, your desire is to draw people to you. Hallelujah. And Father, you said that no one could be saved unless the Holy Spirit draws them. And so right now, Father, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, they need to have believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth the Lord Jesus to be saved. That's what the Bible says. So if there's somebody here that's never done that, or if there's somebody here that's fallen away from God and said, I need to come home. I need to come back. I need to, get, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I, I'm like, I need what John, uh, 1 John 1, 9 says that I need to confess my sins so that he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness so I can walk free from condemnation and guilt. And so if you're here under any one of those two uh, invitations, if you're here for coming for the very first time or, or if you're coming because you need to come back to God, just raise your hand real high so I can pray. God loves you. He cares for you. Amen. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to join them? Because, you know, you, you got, man, I tell you, uh, when, when things are uh, not happening, I, I come running to God. I come running to God. Hallelujah. So let's just all say this together. Say, Heavenly Father. I want to thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for raising him up for me. And thank you right now for forgiving me of all of my sins. Thank you for restoring me your righteousness and my consciousness of that. Oh, I thank you, Father. Now, Lord, I honor you and love you and praise you and thank you, Father, because as we declare you, we declare that, that you do, you do that. When we believe and declare that, Jesus, you're our Lord and our Savior, you're an amazing, amazing God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There is no more now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, that we are free from all of that condemnation and guilt. And Father, that's my prayer for Harvest Bible Church right now, that we may not have done what we should have done, or we may have compromised on some things, but Father, we can draw a line in the sand, and we can say, no more compromise on this side, and no more compromise on that side, but I'm going to walk with what God, to the best of my ability, I'm going to walk in light of the Word of God, and walk in line with the love of God, Hallelujah! and I want to finish my course. And I want to finish my course with joy. Hallelujah. And the ministry which God has called us unto. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your hand, your purpose, and your plan. Father, we, we yield ourselves to you that we will be vessels you can use. We just honor you for that, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you that the best is still yet to come. 
Hallelujah, because we're going to go for the king. Lord, thank you that we're looking for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone that agreed said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go ahead, Brother Rick. What do you think? Yep. What agreement temple of God with idols? Mm-hmm. You are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and will be in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Come apart from them and be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not unclean things and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Amen. That's true. Amen. This is a great scripture. <laughs> Amen. And it's not hard. It's, it's only hard if we don't want to do it. You guys know that, right? It's only hard. It's only hard if you disobey. It's not hard if you say, well, I, it's only hard when you want to do things. It's not hard when you want to obey God. It's easy. Because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it's not a burden. It's not hard. It's only hard if you want to straddle fence. It's only hard if you want to have one foot in, in the world and one foot with God. It's only hard if you want to have a convenient Christianity. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. We'll let, the, we'll let the, the, the prayer team come up here if you need prayer. Hallelujah. They're up here. I love all of you. Glory to God. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, all of you, you want to purchase your, uh, I forgot to tell you, if you want to purchase your books for $5, Miss Angelica be out there and uh, she's got you covered. So we, we don't have all of the books in, but they will be in this week. But hey, if you want to purchase, you can, okay? 